the Holy Gospel of our Lord, according to Luke. According to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Amen. A few months ago, our vestry came together to look at our parish, to look and to prayerfully discern and name together the ways that we see the Holy Spirit moving and acting and leading us. We do this every several years so that we can align our own planning and activity around what we discern that God is already doing, and so that we can invite others to join us as God is leading them in the same way. In this season, we discern that the Holy Spirit is forming us as a community seeking the heart of God. When we first came to this discernment, my immediate thought was that we would be guided primarily by the Johannine literature the gospel, the epistles, and the revelation to St. John, and we will. But what I did not realize at that time was how much Luke would also lead us in the same way. 
We will still observe in Luke the major themes of pilgrimage and the clash of kingdoms. But we will also explore the ways that Luke and his mentor Paul invite us to become a community seeking the heart of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. See, Luke, more than any of the other evangelists, is concerned with the agency and activity of the Holy Spirit in both volumes of his well-ordered account. In his gospel, we have already heard Gabriel's promise of the Holy Spirit that will inhabit John the Baptist. We've seen Mary conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have seen the yet-to-be-born John and his mother Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit and responding to the presence of Christ still in Mary's womb. We've seen both Mary and Zechariah filled with the Holy Spirit singing the prophetic songs of the Christ. Today we encounter Simeon led by the Holy Spirit to the temple to sing once more a prophecy. We haven't even gotten out of the second chapter of Luke's gospel. As we continue in the Acts of the Apostle, Luke describes the work of the Holy Spirit in forming and leading the church. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, describing the way in which God, acting through the Holy Spirit, gives to the church apostles and prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. And in our gospel today, we will see Jesus welcomed into the community of faith. And we will meet two people given to the church as prophet and evangelist. Let us see how they might help us walk as a community seeking the heart of God. Our reading begins, As Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple to accomplish all that was required according to the law of Moses. And at the temple, the place where Israel comes to worship and encounter God, Jesus, fully man and fully God, is welcomed into the community and tradition of the people to whom God has chosen to reveal himself. And as Mary and Joseph bring the infant Jesus into this community, we find the Holy Spirit already at work. The righteous and devout Simeon, to whom the Holy Spirit has promised that he would see the Messiah before he died, He would encounter the Messiah, the promised little one, the one for whom the community has been preparing for thousands of years. This Simeon, led by the Holy Spirit, meets Mary and Joseph at the temple. He takes the infant Jesus into his arm and sings the hymn of praise that we call the Nunc Dimittis. Take a moment for that to sink in. Led by the Holy Spirit. Simeon takes Jesus into his arms and he gives us the canticle we sing at evening prayer in response to the reading. As a community seeking the heart of God, we are even today led by the Holy Spirit to take the word of God into our hands, into our mouths, and into our hearts. And we're called to respond in wonder and praise with those same prophetic words spoken 2,000 years ago by Simeon. And Simeon gives us an an example and type for the prophetic gifting of the Holy Spirit to the church. As he is filled with the Holy Spirit, Simeon the prophet sees the world around him in the light of the kingdom of God and speaks the truth of the kingdom of God 
to the people of God. This is the role of the prophet, to look out into the world, to see with kingdom eyes what God is doing, and to speak kingdom truth to the people of God. Listen now to this kingdom vision. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. We hear in this vision the radical kingdom invitation to peace and healing for all people. What a beautiful picture of the heart of God. And then Simeon turns to Mary and Joseph as they marvel at these words that Simeon has spoken over the infant Jesus. And Simeon offers blessing. I think blessing is perhaps the most beautiful way in which the prophetic gifting is manifest in the church. In blessing, we see the Holy Spirit at work. We see people and circumstances in the light of the kingdom of God. And we speak this truth, this blessing of the kingdom of God to the people of God. As we walk together as a community seeking the heart of God, let us cultivate an awareness of the Holy Spirit at work within us and around us. And let us offer blessing to those we meet. But let us also remember that the ways of this world are often opposed to the way of the kingdom. What this world calls blessing is not always the true and eternal blessing of the kingdom. Simeon reminds Mary of this as he speaks the truth of the kingdom to her. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. In the beauty of the kingdom, we all stand together with our status, worth, and value found only in our identity as beloved children of God. <clears throat> For those who have sought to define themselves according to their own wealth and power and social standing, the way of the kingdom is indeed a great fall. Likewise, for those who have been defined by their lacking, the kingdom raises them up. This kingdom truth is difficult to grasp. And Simon and Simeon describes Jesus, the king who brings about this kingdom as a sign that is opposed. Even in ourselves, we oppose this kingdom truth. It challenges our pride in all the ways that we seek to find ourselves more worthy than others. As we compare ourselves to others, we resist falling to the level of beloved along with everyone else. It also challenges our guilt and shame, our sense of unworthiness, our sense of being unlovable. We resist being raised up to the exalted level of beloved. Simeon continues with an even starker image of the clash between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. He tells Mary, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Mary, 
will see Jesus, her son, rejected, mocked, beaten, and crucified. She will know the suffering of a mother for her child. In this, we see one of the wonders of the kingdom. The king, Jesus, does not deny or avoid or minimize suffering. Instead, as Jesus Emmanuel, God with us, he is with us even in the midst of our suffering. This is the lesson of the way of the cross. Jesus is present even as a sword pierces our own soul. And because Jesus is present in some mysterious way, our suffering is made holy by his presence. The trials and disappointments and sufferings we experience are not things that we endure because Jesus is waiting on the other side. It is in the midst of these experiences that we encounter the presence of Christ and learn the depth of his love for us. Simeon concludes his words to Mary with a purpose statement. So that, so that the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Mary has already sung that in Jesus, God has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. Paul prays for the church that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he is calling you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable power for those who believe. This is the challenge of the kingdom. Will our hearts be turned to the kingdom or to the world? Then Luke introduces us to Anna. And just as Simeon provided us as a type and example of the prophetic gifting, Anna shows us the way of the evangelist. Luke tells us, there was a prophetess, Anna. She is gifted by the Holy Spirit with a kingdom vision. This is what it means to be a prophetess. And if you'll trust me for a moment that Anna is indeed an evangelist, we can see that evangelism in itself is a prophetic task, a speaking of the truth of God, seeing and declaring the truth of the kingdom of God at work, not just among the people of God, but, by the pe but for the people who are waiting for God, whether they know him by that name or not. Luke then describes Anna as the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. Phanuel translates into English as face of God. This is beautiful. Anna, the daughter of the one who is called the face of God, peers into the face of the infant Jesus and recognizes in him the face of God. And Luke concludes his introduction by telling us that Anna was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a maiden, and then as a widow until she was 84. You know, we heard a couple of weeks ago about the prophetic response of the yet-to-be-born John when Mary came to visit Elizabeth. In the beloved community, God speaks to us through the very young, even the not-yet-born and through those of advanced years and all of those in between. The heart of God 
is found in the fullness of the community of God, male and female, young and old. Next we learn that Anna did not depart from the temple, but was worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. We're about to see the work of the evangelist in Anna. But before that, we are reminded that evangelism begins with worship and prayer. And so now we finally come to the actions of Anna as our example for evangelism. Grounded in worship and prayer, Anna encounters and recognizes Jesus, even in his disguise as an infant. And at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him. The work of the evangelist is to recognize the presence and activity of God, to give thanks to God, and to point out to others the kingdom activity breaking in around us. The work of the evangelist is to recognize the presence and activity of God, to give thanks to God, and to point out to others the kingdom activity breaking in around us. And Anna does not sow the seeds of the gospel on unprepared soil, but she proclaims the Christ to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit has been at work among the people since before Abram responded in faith to the call of God. The Holy Spirit was at work not just in Simeon and Anna, but in all who would listen. Anna gave voice to the longing, and she pointed to its fulfillment in the unlikely form of a baby in Simeon and in Anna. We see that with the coming of Jesus into the world, with the coming of the long-expected one, the Messiah, the way of pilgrimage among the people of faith is transformed. It's transformed from faithful waiting to faithful following. With the coming of Jesus, no longer is faith about waiting for the promise but walking and following in the one who is the promised manifest. In his New Year's message, which you can find printed, printed on the back of your bulletin, Bishop Orgy calls us to a decade of evangelism and discipleship. In Anna, we see the link between discipleship and evangelism. Anna occupies herself in the community of God at the temple. She cultivates an awareness of God in prayer and fasting and worship. She is a disciple of the living God, able to recognize his presence and activity. And in recognizing this activity, she is able to direct the attention of others to the presence of God. She gives voice to the waiting they are experiencing and proclaims its fulfillment in Christ. Those who hear are invited into the community of God, into worship and prayer so that they too may come to recognize the presence and activity of God and then direct the attention of still more to that very presence of God. The evangelist invites others to become disciples so that they too may proclaim the good news of Christ to those who are waiting. 
Bishop Orji also offers us Daryl Johnson's description of evangelism as joining a conversation the Holy Spirit is already having with another person. May we cultivate our own awareness of God at work and have the boldness to accept his invitation to participate. Luke concludes the infancy narrative as Mary and Joseph, having performed everything according to the law of the Lord, return to Galilee to their very own hometown of Nazareth. And the child Jesus grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. They leave the place of the temple, but they do not depart from the presence and activity of God. They go back to their own small town where Jesus does grow and become strong. He is filled with wisdom, and the favor of God is upon him. In much the same way, we come together each week at this time and around this table. We come to a place where we expect to encounter the presence of Christ, a place where we intentionally turn our attention to prayer and worship in community. And having performed all that is involved in church, we're sent back into our homes and into our neighborhoods. We're sent to grow, to become strong, to disciple and be discipled within our homes and in the context of our daily lives, to be filled with wisdom and favor as we learn to see with kingdom eyes, to recognize and celebrate the presence of God around us. May we have the discernment and the courage to share with others this good news and to invite them to join us as a community seeking the heart of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.